Hi everybody, and welcome to a new episode of Tapis Rouge. I'm your host, Guillaume Cauchois, and today's shout-out goes to the almighty Jay Gilligan, who was the first one to find out our guest today, Wellington Lima. On a side note, Jay Gilligan is now touring North America with his show Reflex, and you can find the dates and book your tickets on his website at reflexshow.com. By the way, this is not a paid advertisement, and Jay did not ask me to push his show. He just found out today's guest, so I thought, why not? Alright, now, back to our guest. Wellington Lima was an artist who made such a strong impression on me when I was a teenager. I remember watching him perform in the DVD of Lanuba during circus camps and being blown away. So much grace. I remember thinking, how can he move like that while still doing the flips? Since then, Wellington has been an acrobat on five different Cirque du Soleil shows over the past 25 years and he's still performing on OVO today. I'm thrilled to share our conversation with you guys. So here he is. Cirque du Soleil's Prince of Acrobatics, Willington Lima. Wellington, welcome yes. to Tapis Rouge. Woo! <laughs> the best place to be at this time. <laughs> yes. But I'm so happy to have you on the show. How are you doing? I'm fantastic, man. Uh, you know, for those people that know me, uh, they know that I live life full and, and I really feel the blessing of, you know, wake up every day. I have my ups and down moments, but uh, most of the time, you know, I'm really full of life, as I like to say. Yes, for sure. So you've been a Cirque du Soleil pillar as an artist for many, many years. And so, yeah, why don't you just take us from the beginning? How did your Cirque du Soleil and your acrobatic journey start? Well, um, for those who doesn't know me, I'm originally from Brazil. So um, I start with the Afro-Brazilian martial art called Capoeira on the streets of Brazil. You know, many people for, for soccer, and, but I was, not, I was not good at soccer. <laughs> but one day I was coming from school and then I just saw those kids doing some flips on the, on the floor, on the, on the grass. And that like changed my, my view of the, of the world from that day. And unfortunately at the time when I was starting doing um, the capoeira, it was really uh, marginalized. So whoever was doing capoeira was considered, you know, criminals. Oh. So, yeah, it, it was a tough time. But uh, what I did, it was like, I would say to my grandma, hey, I'm going to go and uh, and I'm going to go see a TV, you know, because in Brazil we like soccer opera. <laughs> mm-hmm. So I'm going to go see a TV in somebody else's uh, neighbor, like somebody else's house. And then I would get a bus. I was like 10 years old. I would get a bus, go to another favela to mm-hmm. train uh, the, the capoeira. But I was more enchanted by the acrobatics of it. Okay. Eventually, my grandmother figured out and then she beat me. <laughs> <laughs> so you need to quit that. I'm like, mom, but I call her mom. Yeah. So 
but it's so beautiful. I want to, I really want to do, I really want to do it, you know? And, uh, eventually you know, all the guys from the neighborhood, they said there was a gym. So I joined the gym and then I started doing gymnastics. But why was it so marginalized at that time? You think, because it was like view as like a fighting stuff. Yeah. Yeah. Because you know, at, at the time, some people would use capoeira, the movements of capoeira to sometimes to kick people, mm-hmm. Okay. <laughs> you know, but again, uh, it was back in the days we're talking about more than 30 years ago. Mm-hmm. And uh, things have changed and changed for better, you know. So mm-hmm. I'm glad for that. So yes, like I was saying. So then I did gymnastics, and from gymnastics, I want I got some competition in the reg- regions of northeast of Brazil, mm-hmm. uh, from Recife, and uh, from there, um, you know, uh, someone introduced me to trampoline, and I started doing trampoline, and I, like somehow I was like, wow. I actually, I saw somebody, I was doing a presentation on the streets of Brazil mm-hmm. and I was jumping ropes, right? Yeah. And then there was a, a somebody over there, a, a coach that was doing trampoline and his students was doing trampoline. And I saw the summer south for the first time. Mm-hmm. And because I was doing capoeira and gymnastics at the time, somebody asked me to, to jump and then they spot me to do a flip. And then from that moment, again, like my life have changed because I saw possibilities in the air that I never have mm, done before. Yeah, for sure. And it and, and, and actually helped me so much on my Afro acrobatics later on, the momentum of the trampoline, because I was able to like, oh, there is a time before you flip, you know, mm, when you, yeah, fall, when yeah, you don't sure. really have the technique, you usually do very fast. So nice. And yeah. so like at that moment you start doing trampoline you quit gymnastic completely and you just focus on trampoline no 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 i actually try i did a trial i moved from my state i was 14 years old i took a bus from my state to sao paulo which was like 42 hours of bus oh my god yeah just to try to do a trial because i saw you know possibilities um i had a talent but basically i was trained by myself mm-hmm. a lot of times and i actually went on my last vacation I was, I used to jump from a bridge yeah. to, to the water. Yeah. So, so that was like, oh my gosh, it, it, it's, it feels so good from time to time. I really um, like to connect with my roots. Mm-hmm. And when I go to Brazil, I, I usually do that, you know, connect either with coaches or friends that, you know, somehow they tell me stories to remind me, you know, why uh-huh. I am what I am and what I have done is, is no, that was not in vain. Yeah, for sure. And so you train on your own, you're a teenager. What happened next? Well, it was a mix where I was doing capoeira on the, you know, and, but again, it was the acrobatics of Capoeira that mm-hmm. brought me to gymnastics. Then the gymnastics, I saw possibility. I was very young and I had talent. Um, but then, you know, then the trampoline. So then I did, a, um, the, the trial to go to Sao Paulo. I, my first competition, I won the second place on the States. Wow. And I was like, wow. In the mini trampoline, I was like, wow, that's a possibility, you know, and everybody was cheering for me because coming from where I'm from, I'm still, believe it or not, I'm still the only athlete that came from my my region because there was no other athletes. Wow. Crazy. Yeah. So, yeah. So there was a lot of support in a way. Um, Yet people like, you know, this, this guy would not last, but there was something on me, you know, since I was very young that connected with my dreams of going out of the box where I came from. Mm -hmm. 
and the possibility of really going above and beyond and, and not settle for what I was seeing and really go after my dreams. Oh, yeah. It's something that I have heard a lot from previous guests on the show and other friends too, is that that inner will to go outside of the box, to feel like, okay, that structure that's being put on me when you're a kid, he said, that's not enough or like I don't fit in that thing. I, I won't strive for more. For sure, for sure. And I, I really saw that in many possibilities. Again, you know, the other day um, when I was there in Brazil, you know, I was talking to a really uh, uh, young friend friend of mine that we were growing up together, basically the same age. And he, and I say, you know what? I could have you really use the talent that I have, that God blessed me with for for crime. Mm. And thank gosh I did, I did not choose that that route, you know, and... And yeah, here I am, you know, telling stories, you know, in English, you know, I yeah. express myself in the different language and, and you know, and, and as much as possible, inspire other people to, to, you know, not really just say believe in yourself, but really go after, after what, I don't know, what makes you alive, you know? Mm -hmm. Yeah, for sure. That's what I did. That's what a lot of, I think a lot of artists did, you know, going after Definitely. that little spark inside that makes you feel alive definitely and uh, and then um eventually um so i won the nationals in in brazil in 1997 mm -hmm. uh and prior to that i was working with the Cirque du Monde mm -hmm. Cirque du Monde yes yeah as a coach over there in, in the Escola Pernambucana de Cirque okay so the Cirque du Monde for the, the listeners is the organization from Cirque du Soleil that sends coaches uh, abroad in different countries to teach circus to underprivileged children definitely i mean the program is not uh alive at the moment but you know i was one of the the teachers uh and you know i took the background of gymnastics to, to help the youth at mm -hmm. risk so it was really my first involvement with Cirque was in 1996 okay so you know then i won the nationals um in 97 i before that i did a little circus in brazil but to get money to go to competition wow. and uh, yeah so then in 1997 i won the national and then i was um they invited me to train with the national team so oh, the week wow. i arrived for to to join the national team in, in rio de janeiro uh, there was audition for circo de soleil it was the first first early like really big audition for Cirque. Uh, they already had another Brazilian guy, you know, but then this time they they had like five artists and I was the only acrobat at, at that time. But there was many people, many people that was um, chose, mm -hmm. but I was the only one who actually came because I don't know, there was something about it that, you know, <laughs> that was meant to be. Yeah, for sure. Did you enroll into the national team or you choose you had to make a choice between national team or going to the audition. So I, I did the audition just for the fun of it. Everybody say, oh, Cirque du Soleil, Cirque du Soleil. Everybody nervous, you know? And me, I was not nervous. I was like, okay, what? So I, <laughs> I, 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 know, I saw them on TV, very nice, you know? I saw the the, the Paulo and Marcos on the handstand in Salty Banco. Yeah, Paulo and Marco on Salty Banco, yeah. <laughs> back, yeah, very, you know, back in the days, <laughs> amazing artists um and then like, like wow they they work with excellency but it was not for me i really want to represent brazil and then you know mm. the so Cirque 
the day that I did the audition, they want me to come up in the afternoon. I'm like, no, I'm not coming in the afternoon. Then they invite me one month later. No, yeah, two or three weeks later, they invite me. They, anyway, they invite me three times and I say no, because again, <laughs> I was, no, honestly, I my vision like I'm gonna represent Brazil doing properly. I just won the national. Yeah, yeah, for sure. It's it's a good reason. I mean, when you think about it, yeah. Like, yeah. I was not being arrogant. I was just like, you know, hey, come on, man. I, I had so many hours. <laughs> look, look, I told you I I, I went one time for yeah. the forty two hours of bus. Yeah, but I had to go back. Yeah. And I, <laughs> And I did that six times. Yes. <laughs> I won the national. So when, when I won the national circuit, I want to bring me. Heck no, it doesn't work like that. You say, you say, guys, I spent so many hours on that bus. I, I want to make them worse my time. You know? That's it, you know. <laughs> but but there was something really interesting because I, I spoke with the president of the confederation and then um, my coach at the time. And he said, hey, you know what? Just go there uh, and and see the possibility so you know i they bought me a ticket for may uh, may 3rd or may 4th of um 1998 okay. and then the ticket was like until july i'm like oh i'm gonna go there just two or three months and come back you know mm -hmm. so almost 25 years later i'm still here <laughs> <laughs> uh, oh my yeah. god crazy and yeah. so what what was the um the flight for just training or what, like a general formation or like a creation for a show? No, no, no. It was for the creation, creation for Lanuba. Ah, okay. Wow. Okay. So they invited you for the creation of Lanuba. Yes, 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 yes. Wow. I mean, you know, I was like a, a house group, you know, and then I was like, man, I'm going to go there. Just, you know, I don't know, just get some $200 and go back, you know, buy yeah. something and come back home and, it was so hard because there were so many different people, different language. Yes. But, you know, and, and, and then I was like, okay, I was learning Spanish at the time by myself, basically. Then, you know, I only knew the verb to be one to a hundred. But when we got there, we all spoke the same language, yeah. right? Because we move through the body and we knew that the terminology was basically mm. across the you know the globe in that sense so man but i have a i have something really special that i want to share with you guys that are listening when i got there uh there was this guy in the trampoline called moscaleng right mm -hmm. it's a very famous trampoline guy he he, he won the uh the olympic games for the first time but prior to the olympics he had a partner called the sasha danielchenko and Tatiana Lucina, and they were both couple. Mm -hmm. And when I got to the studio, I saw that they were there, and I recognized them from the you know VCR. The video, that yeah. yeah, and when I got there, man, I'm like, I stopped training. I froze. I'm like, can I have an autograph? Can I have an autograph? So I, I went to the coach. I'm like the coach, it, it was a is a French guy called Daniel Pola. He's like a father yes. figure for me. He's a, he's amazing. He's like. A, really, really dear for me. He said, yeah, yeah, go, go, go. So I went and I took an autograph and I took a picture with them. But little did I know that they were going to join me with the show Lanuba. Wow. You must have been so, so stoked about it. Oh, big time, big time. And, and you know, it, it, I was, I was the less talented in the sense, uh, you know, at the time. And for that, you know, I had to really push myself in a different ways because, you know, yes, the circuit was introducing for the first time 
a new discipline. Yes, people had jump, had a trampoline. They have people put a, a wall and, you know, people would jump mm-hmm. and stuff like that. But Sikh was introducing a new discipline. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And this is was unique. And I was part of that. We had some artists that was from Mister that were doing some movements before, but there was not really like, okay, there is a technique that we need to work this way. Put yeah. your chest this way, walk with the right leg on top or left leg on top. Which side do you turn? We never had anyone figure that out. Mm-hmm. So um, I remember like yesterday as well, that there was a bit of discrimination on the way I was jumping. And really? the way, yes, yes. Because you had a different Before, style or your technique? Different style, you know. I was I just won the nationals, but Brazil was not known at the time of trampoline, you know. And then, you know, there was some comments like, oh, this guy look jump a little bit like a monkey and stuff like that. And then, oh you know, my, my English was very poor at the time. So, uh-huh. you know, I was like, you know what? It's all good. I'll show you guys something. So, man, from that day on, and, you know, I just pushed myself to really be one of the best on the Trump wall, but not to be better than other people. We just that say, hey, I also have something to bring into the table. Yeah, for sure. And I think like it's crazy to hear you say that because your, I feel your style of acrobatics mm-hmm. is unmistakable. Anyone who knows you, who have seen your work over the years, we would see an act with 50 people on stage with 50 salto in the same time, we would see you out of the 50 people. You have such a unique style of acrobatics. So it's crazy to hear that when you started, people were, were discriminating and make fun of you. Yeah. Yeah. But you know, uh, it, it served me good. It served me good because it really pushed me to like, to see something else that, you know what? Like I say, I was like, okay, because that that's when, that's when there was a click on me. I was like, you know what? Use you what you already have, which is capoeira. Mm-hmm. I was jumping from the bridge. I just told you that I was connecting. Yeah. <laughs> I'm like, okay, I'm going to use things that, you know, other people are not able to do it. Because at the time when we did the creation of Landu, but I'll have a lot of details because I was there, you know, mm-hmm. and other people as well. But we were using trampoline and then doing movements on the, we would tap, tap, tap the wall and do the trampoline. Mm-hmm. And I was like, mm-mm. I was not even walking on top. I was jumping from the top, you know, my stomach and doing a double cody. Yeah. So I was really ahead of my time on the things that I was creating. Yes, for sure. And many of the stuff uh, was not really put in the show. But I really appreciate what you just say. Now, when when I jump and then people see the uniqueness, I think what it is is that when you connect it with your, your with your discipline, you become in the discipline. And I never put myself better than other people. You know, there was so many talented uh, artists. There was Christian Sawitzkin, the monster of Lanuba. Mm-hmm. You know, that guy is my brother, you know, and I have all the artists that helped me as well. But m- me, Christian really connected with me. And, and uh, a few years ago, he told me, hey, I just saw something on you that, I, yes, people were making fun of you, but I was like, you know what? I want to be like this guy because you know I, I realized later on that people were coming to sick to basically retire and i was 18 years old you want me to retire <laughs> no, I, I, no, that's not for me man. that's not for me and still today and still today 
I really have pleasure to be part of creating stuff. I think it's so man. You you know that when yeah, you are yeah, for sure. you go to a to a part of of, of creation, you, you you have to have your own signature sometimes, or you connect with somebody else and you guys create something. It was just so, so amazing to be part of that. Sorry if I'm talking too much. No, I'm listening. It's not. No, it's perfect. But so, so what happened when you got the, these comments, you said, you know what, I'm going to show you guys. You start training. You start doing Koji double back on the top of the wall. But then what's the reaction of the people then? So, okay. Since <laughs> you're asking, I might as well tell you. Some of the artists actually were, and I heard that later on, I was like, man, I was not able to speak English, but the guys were saying like, they were actually wanted to fight, to ask Sir to let me go. Why? Because I was pushing too much. Uh, you were getting so far ahead that they started to look so bad and they're like, oh, no, it's not even, even looking bad. It's like, hey, remember that I told you some people are doing that for retirement. Right. Uh, yeah. So imagine it's okay to do a, a three quarter mm-hmm. from a stomach, right? From uh, from from on trampoline. Mm-hmm. That anyone wake up and doing that, but not from the wall. Yeah, for sure. People that doing trump wall now, they are very <laughs> fortunate because you know there was YouTube and and you know they can figure out technique. Yeah. That kind of, we created things. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That still not people have not done yet. So these are the artists that are like, I don't want to do that 10 times a week. Like, exactly. like this guy is crazy. I don't want to do that. Exactly. <laughs> I, you know, when I did, when I did pull over, when I created the image, the pullover that go through the window, right? Mm-hmm. It, it, it's like, no, it's, they're like, no, we're not going to do that. <laughs> no. And, hurt. and again, this is something that people don't know about, right? So the wall was made of, of wood, plywood. Yeah. yeah. We would actually, you know, get the little thing. I don't, I don't know. Like, splinters in the hands and yeah, stuff like yeah, that. Yeah, because, you know, sometimes we had to wear gloves and stuff <laughs> like that. But well, like, that was actually the, the, the easy part. When we came to do the stage, it was metal. Oh, so it's a different, if you miss, it's a different <laughs> different ball game for sure. Right. So then it's like, yeah, but but anyway, so that you know, eventually we create the show Lanuba, and um, you know, since we are giving this interview and he's gonna be mm-hmm. stay there, I wanna tell you that I was not the original Red Piho, you know, the main character. Mm-hmm. There, there was other people that um, Franco at the time of creation um, chose, but he was it was going a different direction, and okay. the guy got hurt during the creation. Mm-hmm. And uh, Franco said, I need somebody to go over here and show me what they can do with the co- this costume. Mm-hmm. So that when I use one of my tools, that capoeira, so I was mm-hmm. able to move with the capoeira movement, right? Yeah. And at yes. the time, everyone was in red, representing the fire. Mm-hmm. But I was the red piho, so the, the acrobatic uh, piho. Mm. And did Franco like what he saw when you show him the capoeira movement wearing the costume. I don't think he liked it. I think he loved it. Yeah. Because, you know, he told me something that was very interesting. Was like until today, I'm like, oh my gosh. He's like, you know what? The way you move, it was something like, it would represent almost like 50 cents 
of each person that come to see the show, something like that. And so it was like, I was like, wow, that's a lot of money. <laughs> <You know>? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> really, that's a big thing. You know, I was like, oh, wow. Yeah, for sure. Just for, just for the movement, I, I was not even doing the, the wall. So mm. only the capoeira, and I was like, yeah. So, you know, I, another thing that I was very fortunately was, it was being part of uh, the last uh, Cirque du Soleil show with Franco Dragon. Yes, you know, for sure. And, and his team. That was mm-hmm. so, man. <sighs> I still have goosebumps when I think about, you know, and from time to time I go, I go and do my research and see how, how he speak to, he spoke to the people. He was hard, man. He was freaking hard. He was hard. Yeah. He was hard. <laughs> like but, how? He was so, but he also worked with his heart on what he was doing. Mm-hmm. And he, he, he would find a way to get really the best out of, out of what you did think you didn't have it. So, you know, he would, the black box that people, you know, people say he would put you in a spot, man. Yeah. And then he's like, just move this way. And then show me unique. Give me some food, you know, feed me with what you have. Just forget about judgment, you know? Mm-hmm. And it's like, yeah. So uh, yeah, I'm still carrying that every single night with me on stage. Wow. And mm-hmm. so the, the creation of Lanuba happens, the show moves to, Orlando and then how was that transition moving from Montreal into the theater and then starting the shows and for you to actually start to perform as an artist on stage right so it's a very uh, interesting process because first of all I didn't know how to express myself I had always asking question you know this is mm-hmm. one thing that uh, uh, <laughs> so even if I didn't speak English I was always able to, and I'm still like that today. People get annoyed sometimes, mm-hmm. but you know, I th- think as a, as an artist, you have to remain quick, curious, mm-hmm. curious. Yeah, it's very true. Yeah. Very important. Never forget to continue being curious through your career. Even if it's not related to it, you have the right to ask the question because that question can save your life and other people's life. Mm-hmm. And I th- I take that to the heart, you know. Of course, what you learn with time is the proper time to, to when to ask, and and sometimes not ask as much, but definitely <laughs> not do not silence what feeds you. Mm-hmm. Do not silence what feeds you. Our partner in this episode is Circus Talk the online carrier marketplace for circus and the performing arts. Circus Talk is the new thing that is great for our international circus community. It is an amazing information resource, bringing news, events and industry trends to us, professionals working in the field. What also makes Circus Talks amazing is their first online casting platform that connects talents and talent seekers in circus and performing arts. If you're a talent seeker, you can finally post jobs and auditions in a professional and transparent way, instead of using social media accounts. There are already over 28,000 artist profiles on Circus Talk that talent seekers can search while talents can find jobs and apply to them via the Circus Talk platform. You can get your first month free on both Circus Talk Talent and Talent Seeker Pro membership by using the promo code TAPIROUGE in one word. So go to circustalk.com, sign up to Pro and use the code 
tapis rouge to find your spotlight with our partner, Circus Talk. All right, guys, a little side story now. Back in 2014, I hurt my back training backstage before a show. The pain was so intense, I couldn't put my socks on, sit for more than two minutes, and obviously, it took me out of the show for quite some time. I followed a strict core rehabilitation program, and after six weeks, I got back on stage. But I kept having recurring pain. So I started to educate myself about core anatomy, rehab training, and pain science. I wanted to understand why am I doing all these exercises if the pain keeps coming back. The more I was learning, the more I understood I had to change. I started switching exercises, tweak some techniques and executions, and also completely changed my perception of pain. After a couple of weeks, on top of reducing considerably my pain level, I was feeling so much stronger, which increased my confidence to move and better perform on stage. My life overall was so much better. Finally, I was pain-free and not scared to hurt my back again. I had a lot of artists and athlete friends who saw that happening and asked me, hey, what did you do for your back? And I thought, I could put it all out in a clear and clean way, instead of always pulling random videos on YouTube and giving quick guidance. So I reached out to all the best doctors, physiotherapists, and performance medicine specialists whom I met touring, and asked them to help me develop Protocol Cut to the Core. Protocol Cut to the Core is the first rehab and strengthening protocol for back or hip pain that also includes a comprehensive course in core anatomy, biomechanics, and pain science. It is approved by doctors, physios, and performance medicine specialists from five different countries. If you are suffering from acute or persistent back or hip pain, you can find protocol Cut to the Core on our website at cuttothecorefitness.com. When movement is an issue, movement is the solution. And now, let's get back to the show. Yeah, and you were asking also, yeah, we went to... Montreal to uh, to Orlando, and then we you know I have eventually had to find houses, and mm-hmm. I mean I have I have stories, man. I have stories because <laughs> how are the, like the performing part? Because you were a trampolinist, even though you have a very strong influence from capoeira and gymnastic. You arrive in the studio, you start to affirm your style, mixing of different acrobatic disciplines. You create all this new language of wall tramp. And you get assigned that character of the Red Pierrot, but being a character on stage and doing all the shows, how was that process for you? Well, first of all, uh, even for almost one year, I was doing a, the, the character, but I was paid as a house troupe. So mm-hmm. that was not really fair at the time from some. Eventually, we, we how do you say that? We, we bump it up. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> we found an agreement. Yeah. We, had, we had to <laughs> had an agreement because you know uh, I just you you have to learn as a performer to respect yourself and what you bring to the stage, and you know there there are there are artists that will do more, and there are artists that will do less, and there are artists that just are there just to do their job and go home 
and that's okay. Mm -hmm. But I was not just one of those artists without judgment. Mm -hmm. I, I, I want to feel alive when I'm before and when I'm on stage. Mm -hmm. I, I understand the importance of, of uh, you know, of inspire people with with what we do. Mm, yeah, um, for sure. You know, so that's it. Yeah, but I guess yes, that's something that's circ can be like that sometimes. You know, it's like you push a little bit further on your own, and they're happy with this. You just take them a little longer to come and meet you <laughs> at the right place. But that's I feel when yeah. they do when they come and they find an agreement. I think it's a sign that they you know they respect your work and they respect you as an artist, and that's that's what matters in the end. Yeah, for sure, for sure. And, and and no hard feelings, you know, no hard feelings in that sense. Again, it's a learning experience as well for me. And and uh, I'm glad I went through that, you know. And then after that, I was able to negotiate my, my values. And, yes. and, and, and they know well. Mm -hmm. That's one of the reasons, you know, like, I don't know. I don't know. People say, oh, you're famous. You're very well known for certain. I don't see myself this way. But I do understand that when I am on stage, it's it's some something comes out of me i, I really mm -hmm. it's it's a magic place it's a magic place for me that i connect with people in different levels mm -hmm. different levels and and you know it's one of the best places to feel alive to be on stage so yeah definitely and how long did you do on anuba i was there for about five years okay five yeah years. so that's so i need to tell you that story as well so that you know i was always creative you know me me and uh, and uh, this partner christian sawiski from poland mm -hmm. we had like we would go, we had 10 shows per week and two trains per, per per week as well but like man we would go to sleep and we would figure out like a technique how to do a movement so we would come up and and create this and this new movement we would find ways to either put on the show or put in our packet to eventually use somewhere And uh, I was like, this was at the time where Sikh would allow you to sometimes come on the weekend train at Sikh. Mm -hmm. Man, I would by myself move the trampoline and I would move the trampoline for a big wall and I would see how high I would go. <laughs> Crazy. How freaking high I would go. So I was like, man, and then they saw, like I was, you know, of course, I was not boring because, I, you know, for me, Like every show is is every show. Yeah, it's for sure it's different. Yeah. Yeah, but I I don't get bored by by doing shows because I really see every show as opportunity to really touch someone, you know, mm -hmm. with what I do, I did and what I do. Not only what I did, but also as a show. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. So anyway, so at one point they were say, hey, uh, there is this creation of Dralion. Uh, we are ch changing an act. And, uh, you know, we have this big wall that they have already in the show. Mm -hmm. So we must as well, um, you know, create a, a trombone act. I'm like, wow, that's so interesting. You know, and they're like, oh, but we need you during the creation. So mm -hmm. I'm like, oh, my gosh, you know. And then, um, yeah, so they invite me for the creation of, of that uh, act. And it was so unique because we had three different platforms and we have a, mm -hmm. a little space in the middle man but we had a pipe all the way on top of the wall yeah i remember that yeah but there was no platform before yeah so one day i was like during the train i'm like guys 
I, I need to tell you something. I can jump high. You just my no, 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 this is too high. There is no way. There is no way. I mean, can I just, can I just show you guys? Man, I went on top. I started jumping from the top and stand up. Stand up. Went on top and stand up. They couldn't believe that. On the top of the wall, or the Dralion wall. So you were standing on the top and dropping on your back and then walking all the way up? With, in, a, in a pipe. There was no platform. The pipe that's still here in the yeah. old wall yeah. is the same yeah. pipe of the, the, the Dralion. So I was doing that. Oh my God. Then the, the wall is still at HQ in Montreal. I was there a couple of couple of weeks yeah. ago. It's still there. And every time it's, I see it, I'm thinking, man, this is so, so high. Like it's crazy. Yeah. But for me, the highest, it was better. Why? Why? Because, you know, uh, uh, yes, the, the, the Lanuba wall was 12 foot high and everybody was starting doing it. Uh, then it was then the time when the YouTube came out. So many people start doing the wall, mm -hmm. blah, 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 blah. Awesome. But I love the fact that it was high and not, it's not for anyone. You can really get hurt. Yeah, that's for sure. Yeah. Guys, let me tell you something. You can really get hurt from that wall. Mm -hmm. I love it. <laughs> I love it. Yeah. I love it because it's unique. It's not for anyone. And I, I love that because, you know, you, you have to respect your craft. You have to respect your body. When I hear and I see people say, oh, this is easy. I'm like, okay. Can you do 300, 470 shows per Per, per year yeah, like that sure. how easy is that you know so anyway <laughs> and so you show during the christian of dry on you show them you can jump pretty high how was the reaction of the other acrobats in the team how different was it from your first creation experience well it was very different because i was in lanuba i ended up being one of the main character over mm -hmm. there was house troop but i ended up being also the uh, artistic coach or or captain mm -hmm. at the time. Mm -hmm. And, uh, you know, so I, I was a uh, really help. We had, the, it was a number that has two guys and, and four girls. So we had the to act. Yes. Oh. The dragon original was like that. Was Oli Lemieux with you? At Oli Lemieux. Yeah. Yes. My good, good friend, good friend Oli Lemieux. But uh, yeah, there was things that, on that wall that I'm like, oh, I wish I had that wall back. I know that we, I know you guys say it's high. It's metal, but there was something about the grip that really worked, you know, but. And how long did you stay on Dralion for? In Dralion, I stay, my goodness, uh, until 2009. So about four years, four or five years as well. And then from there, I went to Viva Elvis. Oh, really? Can you talk a little bit about this? Because I, I felt it's a show that was short lived, but there were a lot of very strong elements in the show. I know that that show had so many uh, strong act in, in too bad. You know, there was, uh, I'm not sure what was the agreement, but man, imagine somebody, uh, Elvis, you know, mm -hmm. it was a show that portrayed uh, a homage to Elvis, mm -hmm. you know, so like many people that love his songs, it was a bit, you know, a bit age mm -hmm. and imagine it had to walk almost a mile I would say it's, mm -hmm. it was so far the theater. Oh, uh, in and Vegas. It was, yeah, in Vegas. Uh, so it was in the Aria Theater. And um, and what were you doing in the show? I was one of the superheroes. Okay. Ah, oh, superhero on the the trampoline act with all the different yes. platforms and stuff. Oh, yeah, yes. that was an awesome. Man, that was a so it, it represented an amusement park 
of of Elvis and Oz as a superhero, the cape that we used to have. Yes. Oh, <laughs> you know, everybody dreamed to be a superhero. I was a superhero yeah. in the show. So, man, it was really cool. And we had so many talented uh, people uh, on that act as well. You know, every, every show, every show, uh, someone come out to use different stuff. We have Andy Howard. He like, was a big monster, mm-hmm. uh, an American guy, so talented with the with the wall, with the gymnastic. And he was doing stuff that like nobody today still not dream about doing it. But you know what I love again was being part of the creation. Yeah. Yeah, we all know when we go into creation, especially for Seth, that we we don't get paid well. Yeah, I don't think it's fair. yeah for sure because you yeah. know if you, if you think about it, I think that's the most part that we should get paid more because that's when you actually give all the vocabularies. That's when you, we we put all your heart. That's when you most the time take risk that you will not take during the show because it, you know they cannot afford to have people get hurt. Yeah, because they need sure, yeah. the show. So, you know, I mean, I, I wish they would really review that aspect mm-hmm. and, and uh, you know, realize, hey, man, they, those guys, like, they are giving their lives. You know, we are the one mm-hmm. uh, creating the show with fulfilling the director's vision for the show, you know? Yeah, yes, for sure. Cushion periods are always so demanding for artists, and it's true that you're not making a lot but i guess emotionally speaking you can think like i get to express who i am truly as an artist because i get to create my own track my own stuff right and on the business side if you have a good lawyer you can get royalties in your material you get to protect your material and then when you leave you get royalty checks every time (laughs) you're not performing and that's also pretty nice yeah i mean you know i i People told me that as well. Well, you know, you should have royalties about the things that you create. But, you know, I also signed a contract knowing that, you know, it's part of, of the, the business to, yeah. to give that part of it. But, you know, uh, what for me, what's more important at the end of the day is the kind of recognition that you have and other people mm-hmm. have for for knowing that, you know, through what I, I do or I did, uh, people are coming to see the show and have, have their life changed. Yeah. Yes, and sure. I, 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 I tell you that though, I, I know at least three or four artists that just like you saw me one day performing and then they actually joined the surf because of, of what that, what they saw from me. Mm-hmm. So there's no, no better reward than that, you know? Yeah, this is for sure. For sure. And how long did you stay on Elvis for? We were there from 2009 to 2012. Then uh, we did the creation for MJ1. So I did, I did, I basically did the uh, four creation, except that uh, the Dralion one was just the creation of the wall, mm-hmm. which also took a long time because, you know, it's like it was a new big wall mm-hmm. you know, that was introduced and, uh, you know, in, to teach people that never had an idea that, how to. You know, and at one point we had girls from the top, like all the way high, mm-hmm. jumping, doing back, back saltos and stuff like that. You no, know? but it was not for anyone, as we know that. <laughs> and then you do MJ One. You're doing that also that act with like the double trampoline, and that time it's like a wall, but there is no wall. Like it's trampoline on one side, trampoline on the other yeah, side. there is no wall. There's a float, floating trampoline right in the middle. You know uh, that, and that's one of the highest. No. It's the highest wall of, of Cirque, you know, it's 25 foot drop. 
which is about seven and a half or almost eight meters yeah, it's, high. It's crazy. And you drop from 25. You don't, you know, people like, oh, you we jump 25. That's not true. It's from 25 feet, you drop to 18 feet. Mm, okay. So, you know, here in in uh in the dragon dragon no, sorry over wall mm-hmm. it's like it's more like uh 19 19 feet to 20 feet that people actually walk to the top uh-huh. so it's much higher oh crazy mm-hmm. so you do the creation of mg1 again it looks like every creation yeah. you had a slightly different challenge acrobatically so that mg1 you have a different challenge you bring in your experience yeah. from adapting your style and your vocabulary to a slightly new apparatus mm-hmm. how does that feel for you as an artist to being constantly presented with this new challenges and being able to adapt first adapt your vocabulary on it but to also better yourself as an artist as an acrobat i i i think that's there's a key word man. you better better yourself you know you you you, see, you have to see uh opportunity for creation like that to better yourself to really what can i bring to this show that i did not what i was not able to bring in the other show what vocabularies can I bring to the show that was never created? Because, you know, I, this is one thing that I, I like to, I personally like to, it's like, okay, well, I will do something that, you know, only few people, that, well, mm-hmm. I'm going to give the wow factor. I'm going to, you know, I will justify why Cirque pay mm-hmm. the money that Cirque pay for me, you know? And I will definitely, it's not about even the risk, it's the pleasure to do what uh, I usually do and, you know, also respecting the fear to perform because, you know, I don't, I don't take for granted what I do. I, I, I really respect every movement that I, I, you know, I present on, on stage every night, you know, with the, myself and other people. So one thing that people don't know as well is that, you know, uh, during the creation of, um, of uh, MG1 and the, the guy that uh, invited me, he say, look, um, we present the, this act with Trump wall and to Guy, and he was not really, you know, like, oh, another trampoline act, you know, another trampoline act, this is, must be boring. And it's like, the guy say, hey, Guy, Wellington's gonna be there. So, so somehow I had a part of it in the sense of like, you know, the, mm. the, he gave the green light for, for having the Trump wall before because of the, he knew what I would bring into the table. So I joy, uh, I stay with uh, MJ1 for almost five years. Um, yeah, that was a really special moment, you know, because uh, I was really touching all, all the trampoline. I was doing crazy stuff, definitely like, you know, flying like, like no others. But it, at one point, there, there was a fallout between myself and Cirque and they let me go. Um, it was a bit tough. I knew that eventually it would come the time, but you know, it was so important because I need, I need a break. It was that it was like exactly after 20 years in one month, my, my body, you know, I was like, everything was about, you know, just giving, you know, vacation that I could do any promotion for circle. Like, you know, it's okay. So I really, it took, I took me 10 months um, to rest you know, and like really heal my body. Um, and then eventually I joined OVO. So the, so when you left uh, MJ1 because you needed a break? It was not, uh, sorry, it wasn't a break. It was a fallout. Like Cirque did not basically let me go. Oh, okay. Do you mind talking a bit more about that or like uh-huh. what happened? No, I don't. What happened is, um, I think I was 
you know, a little bit older generation in the sense that, you know, I, there was things that I was, I, perhaps what I was doing that I could have realized that I could have done better. And, uh, you know, there was some things that I perhaps would say or behave in a way that was not pleasing people. And I was not seeing that at the time. So they let me go, but, you know, it was interesting because even though they let me go, there was some people from, I'm not going to say names, you know, mm -hmm. but uh, even some, some vice president would call me like once a month to check on me. Oh, so okay. I have some importance within, within the, the company. Um, you know, at one point people say, oh, you are the king, <laughs> the, the, the prince of Cirque du Soleil. I'm like, no, man, I'm not. I'm just, I perform that, you know, give it all when I am on stage. Mm -hmm. And I would not support uh, some situation that is against my values. Mm -hmm. Or if I see some kind of, uh, of, of things, I would speak out. Mm -hmm. But, you know, at one point as well, we have to learn how to be able to allow Instead of grabbing other people's problem and be the hero for mm -hmm. other artists, mm -hmm. you have to also give the strength to that people that, that don't have the courage yeah, to say true. what yeah. they need to say. So my my thing, what I would say about that, you know, was that I was often defending other people's cause when I could have encouraged people to defend themselves. Mm, I think yeah, I can see. Stuff with like with like work conditions, rotations, stuff stuff like that that you're I can see. Many, okay. many other things, you know, and 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 I was not I was never afraid to to be let go. Mm -hmm. I was never afraid to be let go. Um, but you know, the way I was let go was not the nicest. Mm. Again, at one point you have to realize, okay, what have I done to cause that? Yeah, for sure. This is absolutely true. You have to look at yourself and I don't want I'm not gonna be victimized for a situation. I also did that. Mm -hmm. And I, if I count all my blessings, you know, if I be realistic, man, from where I came from to two decades already, this is already more than enough, you know. Mm -hmm. yeah. I could have stopped already. But uh yeah, so then you know, 10 months uh, later there was a situation and then they needed uh, a performer. And mm -hmm. man, after 10 months, I arrived one day. The second day, I was already on stage. The second day, after, after 10 months doing nothing, you arrive first day. You, you see your costume. You want to do a light check on stage? Yeah, here are my tricks. I'm I, didn't do the first, I didn't do the first day because the costume was not ready. <laughs> I'm not kidding you. I'm not kidding you. It's something that, you know, it's just the thing yeah, is that I work so much with my base. You know, I, I'm not nowadays, of course, there is so many beautiful acrobats, so many move movers. That's like, well, there is no way I can get to that level. Mm -hmm. But I had, oh, I play with my mistakes, meaning, mm -hmm. you know, if the wall is in front of me, I would do flips and I go to the side. I would try different ways mm -hmm. to move. Then people would not. Mm -hmm. So that's what I meant by, you know, um, play with my mistakes and, and that is still give me a good base to perform the way I perform today. Not better than other people, but for sure with a lot of passion. Wow. And how was your comeback on OVO? Like you have that fallout, you need a break, you come back when you come back on the show, 
are you in a different place mentally and like with your approach of the company and everything as well? Definitely, because you know, at one point as well, like even coming back, they were like, "Oh, is he is he is he gonna bring what he bring before?" And then you know, I had to some I had to have a seat with the directors and and the head coach and say, "Hey, good luck, guys." I, you know, I, I I'm being honest with you. Actually, I went to counseling because it's important to. It, sometimes you don't realize what you do, mm-hmm. and you know, it, it's okay to ask for help. And it's okay to like somebody, somebody to maybe just put a mirror in front of you for you to see what you could have done and also realize what others have done to you. Mm-hmm. And you don't have to, it's not like you will shot yourself. It's just that you'll be more attentive, attentive mm-hmm. to what people are doing or not towards you or not. So, you know, my job is to perform. I don't have to be involved in other people's business. Uh, as long as it don't interfere with my 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 being, mm-hmm. I also have been with my partner, and I've been working for Cirque for a long time. And then when we started to feel that the little things were starting to bother us so much, like the the stuff that maybe three years before you wouldn't you wouldn't have care at all, and all of a sudden you realize like oh, all these little things they they work you out so much. And then we felt like we don't want to be these bitter artists who've stayed on the show for too long and they don't want to leave because they, they I don't know what their reason, but they don't want to be there anymore. And so we stay also, we say we take a break and we're leaving. And then we left that when we came back, we were also like in a different mindset. We were so much more relaxed, much more peaceful. Right, and right. Your, and your performance too, you're more relaxed on stage. It allows you to be more generous as an artist. Right. It's a good advice if you've been working on the shows for a long time and you start to feel that like, ah, that little like itch to just take a break and you're going to come back. At it. It's, it's going to do you some well, for sure. Yeah, I, I would say as well, you know, that you have to choose your battles. And, you know, unfortunately, the, 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 the life of a performer is a very tough life. You know, you, you let go of a lot of opportunities. You gain, you gain so much, but you also pay a high price for that. Mm-hmm. You know, it, it, either with your body or with your emotionally, mm-hmm. it, it, it can be very draining. But again, you know, we have to do things outside of, of the circ and also choose the friends and people that actually going to support you mm-hmm. because we need that, man. We, we, it's, you cannot, we don't come to this world alone and we don't go to this world alone. You know, we need help even to, to bury us and to bring us. Yeah. Into the world. So, <laughs> yeah, it's true. I mean, be, be mindful of that, be mindful of that, be kind as much as you can, you know, and also realize that you will never please people and even if they, today you please them, tomorrow you might not. So do your part, be kind. And, and like I say, like I like to say, smile for life, you know? Mm-hmm. But, but yeah. Yeah, that's beautiful. Thank I, you. I have one last question for you. Mm-hmm. If tomorrow aliens would land on Earth, how would you explain Cirque du Soleil to them? Well, it would be a place where they would jump. <laughs> you know they'll feel you know i i i like to say that uh when i i, I am on stage i perform i'm the i'm a bird dream mm. i like you know the bird i, I make them dream with what i do so 
at Cirque du Soleil, we, we, I don't know, it's a, it's a place where we, you connect with the world, with what, with what you perform, you know? So, I don't know, I would advise them to, hey, come and join us. Yeah. <laughs> Maybe you can give them a, a workshop on the, the Dralion, Dralion walls, show them how to Dralion wall or, <laughs> or the walls, you know? Again, you know, this is one thing that we didn't really speak a lot, but, you know, Uh, whenever I have an opportunity to share my passion, I do have. So my vacation is really not even with sometimes family. If I have 10 days off, you know, uh, six days will be to volunteer work and really share a little bit of, of what I, I have. Because one day I was that kid that saw somebody, as I, as I spoke in the beginning of the interview. Mm -hmm. that we, I really find it's important. And as long as I am alive and I'm able to live with my values and passion, I will definitely continue doing that. Do you do the volunteering work back in Brazil? You do it kind of everywhere you are. Well, wherever I, like if I'm here, like I, I look for either Capoeira school or Circus school mm. and I, I would go there. And I, I try to not really be associated with Cirque because there is a whole, you know, yeah. it's me, like, you know, as a person. Mm -hmm. And then eventually I, I, I tell them or they somehow figure out. So. <laughs> nice. yeah. oh, well, that's really nice I think that's with everything you accomplished in your career to have the will to give back and to show other people the way like all at least one way that they can thread to just build a slightly different life for themselves I think it's a very beautiful thing so thank you very much for doing this thank you thank you again and thank you for this opportunity to, to share a little bit what I know I also want to take this opportunity to Really be grateful for every friend and, and, and artists that are doing their best to touch other people's life and people that also, uh, you know, be, in the beginning of my career really support me and they are still supporting even emotionally or, or, or you know, just like I really call, simple call. I really appreciate you guys and I really, really would like to hear more about this, uh, all the interviews that you guys have in the Tap Rouge. And uh, you're doing a great job, man. Really keep doing that. Congratulations. Yeah, thank you very much. Thank you. So I, I wish you a fantastic run with the show. Yeah. Keep on rocking the house and I'll see you down the road, like we say. Thank you, guys. Palasada. <laughs> Pretty awesome journey, right? Another reel started from the bottom. Now we hear a life story. Also, when Guy La Liberté says, cut this act, but then he hears that you're performing in it and says, no, actually keep it. It says a lot about the quality of your work. You're heavy in the game. That's what it says. If you enjoyed this episode, you can now take a little moment to give us a good rating and review. It really makes a difference for Tapis Rouge. You can find us on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, CircusTalk.com, or wherever you're getting your podcasts. Now, my dear friends, it's the end for today. I wish you a good day, a good week. For all my industry people out there making shows happen all around the world, keep it up, rock the house, and until next week, as we say in the circus, see you down the road. <laughs>